the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in to... The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Now, one of the things that I often talk about is how to invest in winners. And for instance, one of the big winners in the world of money and stocks, this is a no-brainer. Sometimes we make investing a little bit too hard. Visa. Visa's publicly traded. Do you think, you know, we, we've used Visa since we were little kids. Do you think we'll use Visa on the day we die? Absolutely. So one area that we are going to invest in for many, many, many years are what are known as SENS and vices. Vice-based investing is a big, big, big economic power. We tend to invest in good times. We tend to invest in bad times. And cigarettes. Hey, if you're addicted to cigarettes, you're addicted to cigarettes. If you're addicted to soda, you're addicted to soda. If you're addicted to sex, you're addicted to sex. If vice is the things that we need do well in good economies and bad economies. One of the smarter people on Wall Street, his name was Tom Galvin. And back in 19, back in 2001, 2001, he said that he, he did a study and he found that some sectors just they show better performance historically during economically weak periods. We're coming out of a recession, i.e. an economically weak period, where it just it, it goes off the flaws in human character. And these are tough times right now. And for every one of us, we know that. So it's raining, and yet you can have an umbrella. There's no doubt about it. Philip Morris and Altria, cigarettes companies, right? Now, Philip Morris particularly focuses on the United States. And we know smoking is in decline in the United States. And we know President Obama is going to tax smokers. And we know the state of California is going to tax smokers. And guess what? People are going to still smoke. Now, I personally don't like Philip Morris as an investment at this point in time. I like Altria because Altria is tied towards growing emerging countries. It's tied towards China and India. And you keep hearing about their middle class. You keep hearing about how they're manufacturing everything in the world for us at this point in time. What happens when you're manufacturing? What happens when you're working? Well, basically, you need a coffee break. You need a cigarette break. So you consume. You become a consumer. A lot of people call sin stocks consumer staples, or they see sin stocks as part of consumer staples. So where there's a middle class, there's a need for tobacco. In my mind, I love Altria. If I were to own 20 stocks and only 20 stocks till the day I die, Visa would be one. Altria would be another one. Let's say you don't like Altria and the big fat dividend growth story there. Maybe you go after British American Tobacco, ticker symbol BTI. There's certainly an investment there. Let's say you don't like that. How about beer? I like a good six-pack of beer. Back when I was a young man, a good six-pack of beer was $5.99. Now as I'm getting older, a good six-pack of beer is $8.99, $9.99. They're still in business. I'm still consuming six-packs of beers. There's a publicly traded company, Bud, B-U-D. I don't like Budweiser. I don't like Bud Light. I wouldn't wash my car with Bud Light. I find it to be an atrocious, atrocious watered-down beer. It's awful. But America likes Budweiser. Fortune Brands. Now we're talking. Ticker symbol FO. Now, something I don't like about Fortune Brands is they sell golf balls. Who needs that? But they also sell Jim Beam. I can use me some whiskey. I could use me some bourbon, so to speak. Lockheed Martin. Ticker symbol LMT. These are, these are sin stocks. 
They're a huge defense contractor. Boeing, let's say you want to invest in the new Dreamliner, and it's been a disaster. Three years behind schedule, but Boeing's one of the biggest makers of missiles in the world. Let's bring in our guest, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Joining me right now is Mike Powers, owner of the Power Exchange. Power Exchange in his adult Disneyland in San Francisco. How are you, Mike? I'm very good. Thanks for having me today. Now, you're a colorful person. <laughs> Thank you. You're wearing a tank top. You got long, gorgeous, beautiful blonde hair. Uh, You're kind of a husky man who wears nail polish. It's a pretty good uh, <laughs> that's a portrait good that I'm painting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's definitely. I, I was called eccentric by the uh, SF Weekly uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, the Guardian, excuse me, said I was a bit eccentric. I'm a little <laughs> bit more conservative. Blue jeans, uh, button-down uh, shirt, twenty-four-seven, three-six-five. Two inches on. That's what makes the world go round. But every day, I, I, I get a little. Bit of pornography in my life. It's like it's it's a daily fix that I've had to have since I was eighteen. When I was well, no, no, since I was fourteen. I remember Charlie's Angels being like, "Whoa, what happened there?" And it's something that's in my life. It's is it an addiction? Maybe. I think. Well, they say sex sells, and uh, you know the news business in general. You guys talk about if it bleeds, it leads. So it's kind of hard to avoid. And what I was bringing up there is I'm a conservative white lace dude, and you're. You're a little outlandish. You're a little bit more colorful than me. So you're in the world of sex and entertainment, uh, adult Disneyland. What is this power exchange that I hear of? Uh, well, we've been a club that's been around for about 14 years. We were closed for about a year, uh, almost a year recently. Uh, it's a fantasy facility. You go in and pay to use the fil- the facility itself, the structure. Um, there's no entertainment provided. There's nothing in there but fellow patrons. Okay. And you pay an entry an entry fee. And you can do whatever you want as long as it's consensual within the limits of the law. Okay, I had a girlfriend maybe six, seven years ago that tried to drag me to something. And honestly, when I came to California, I'm not saying I was a missionary position kind of guy, but pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, you start learning about things like plugs and things like that. <laughs> and that leads to where you are in sure, adult Disneyland, sure. so to speak. Sure. Um, I think her situation, though, she had to, you have to be invited by a woman. So it's not for creepy guys to show up single. You almost have to have come as a couple. Is that? It might. Well, not. You talking about my place or another? Oh, There's oh. my place is we uh, advertise in the mainstream media. We don't have any reservations about who comes in. Um, anyone's welcome as long as they're uh, conducive to the environment and the atmosphere that's there. Now, when you say adult Disneyland, is it a, a townhouse? Uh, it's is a it? fantasy playrooms because of it. We used to have a place that was 40,000 square feet. And uh, due to a bankruptcy on my partner's part, we had to downsize. Uh, the building was sold in his bankruptcy case. So after 13 years and having a headquarters that was a phenomenal proportions, when you start thinking of almost 40,000 square feet, it was four levels with approximately 25 different fantasy rooms. What's a fantasy uh, room? Give me an uh, idea. Like an Egyptian room with a okay. mummy in a tomb, a uh, Japanese room, you know, kimonos up on the wall. Um, I'd like to use that for photography. If I'm not even uh, using it for people, fantasy. Yeah, a lot of people do a lot of uh, a lot of photography and a lot of video, adult video stuff in there. Okay. Yeah, we had a King Arthur, you know, castle room, a suit of armor, and a dragon painted on the wall. So wow. a lot of different fantasy scenarios. A lot of people just, you know, there's people who are in the Dungeons and Dragons stuff want to go in there and get busy in a room like that. Wow. Yeah. Now, what's the biggest cost? To, is is it rent? Is it? Uh, yeah, overhead in San Francisco is horrific. You know, it's. Uh, that was the thing for me is my partner owned the building. So basically we had a joint venture. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we uh, we had a joint venture. So our relationship was really well done because I was essentially paying the mortgage on the building. Okay. So that was really, really low in terms of we had picked up an abandoned building and then went to, you know, put sweat equity into it and worked hard at getting it up to snuff and up to speed as to what would work for us. 
but it was a it was a great place. It worked well. It was a really really uh, uh, phenomenal. Is iconic, you know, in terms of anybody who would say they. There's a lot of people who would say they've heard of it, even though they would say I haven't been. They had heard of it through word of mouth or friends discussing it and all the extremely bizarre, wild, you know, fantastic times they had or somebody somebody they knew had. What's the craziest thing you've seen? And we got to keep it PG-13. I understand. Um, I would say... Um, Something that shocked you. Uh, there was a guy who made a very elaborate coffin-style box with only his privates uh, extending from the box. <laughs> and he had developed in a... Uh, the crank system that lowered his body up and down and oh. that put something in his rear end as you drove the crank at the feet. Okay. And he had devised a system of LED lights. Uh, so it had a screw clamp on the outside. You could tighten the screw clamp around his privates, and that would essentially uh, clamp down his privates. Yeah. And he had LED lights from green to red for several different yeah. categories. So he'd say, uh, a little less on the crank and, the, you know, at the end of the thing, a little mm. more on the screw clamps. Okay. A very, rela- a very elaborate set. Very elaborate. And very. What's up with San Francisco? Why are we so open-minded as a, a, a region? What what makes us different than L.A.? Because this doesn't go – this goes on somewhat in L.A., but not as much in L.A., and it's certainly nowhere on the East Coast and nowhere in the middle part of the country. I just think people are all seeking out open-mindedness, and I, I think they're looking to liberate themselves. I think this is where they all wind up. Okay. How about the, the economy? Uh, I have to imagine the dot-com age was good for you. Very good. Now, how about the real estate age? That was probably pretty good for you because more people had disposable income. Yes. Now, how about the recession that we started to have, the bubble in the dot-com and the bubble in, in real estate? I would say it hasn't really affected me. You know, I, I went back to old school advertising. I started advertising in Valley Yellow Pages all the way down to Bakersfield, and I found that that worked better than being in the local weeklies like the, the SF Weekly or the Bay Guardian. And uh, better than any newspaper. The reason being is because you can only get their attention if they're in town. If you put an ad uh, under nightclub down in Bakersfield or yeah. all the way up to Mount Shasta, the guy that's living in the backwoods up there is bored to death. And if he's looking for a place to go have his butt or his course, and he happens to see a place that's all the way down in Frisco, and he says, oh, hell, I'm going to be down there in two months, I think I'll go pay a, pay a visit, especially if it's going to be the most exotic, wild time he can have in his life. Um, so that worked out good for me. I didn't really see the pinch. I haven't really experienced it. I'm having difficulty now because I'm going into a place with a phenomenal, you know, the, the, the guys I'm, I've associated myself with now, for my new location, uh, they got a phenomenal mortgage payment, it's, you know, 25 K for 12,000 square feet. So almost two bucks, almost two bucks a square foot where I was probably at 15, 20 cents a square foot before. That's that's uh, phenomenal. What's your cash flow like on a monthly basis, if you don't mind? Uh, oh, I don't. I mean, you know, I, I file taxes and do all this stuff legit. So that's the only reason I've stayed in business as long as I have, because of uh, being straight with Uncle Sam. Um, power exchange, uh, on its best, averages, it, it, we gross about a million a year. A million a year. Huh? Yeah, it's about a million a year business. And that's what you're grossing. That's how, what I'm grossing. How much, uh, what's it pay? What If I were to say me and my sugar booger need a, a night out, uh, is it an hourly situation? No, is it it's just pay an, e- an evening fee. And, uh, you know, we have to, in California, have, this is the thing is, I was not hired. My mom, I come from a family of law enforcement, believe it or not. My mm-hmm. mom was a cop, yeah. one of the first female cops in the Central Valley. Uh, I wasn't hired by LAPD because of affirmative action. Okay. So I was very much the military cop kind of guy. Now the long hair and the nails and the other stuff is just a totally, it's a total stretch for me. Um, on that note, we can't have bias pricing. You can't have uh, discriminatory pricing. So we have a graduated scale based on how you're dressed, but you know you can you can distinguish based on how people come as a group. You can't have 
men are $60, women are free. Right. That, you can get sued for that. Yeah. And so, so basically, uh, if you came in as a couple, we'd probably, we'd have you set up so you'd get in probably for 40 bucks for the night, 30 bucks, depending on if we had a couple's only level that night or and something. And no drop in business, huh? I haven't really seen a drop in business. Yeah. You know, I was closed for 11 months and uh, I opened back up and sure enough, you know, I could probably say the first weekend back after being gone for almost a calendar year, we closed last November 15th at my old location. We just reopened the last couple of weeks. Um, we're going through fire permit issues now, but pulled in 12, 15 grand the first weekend, you know, stunning. Yeah, it's it's an amazing business. I mean, it's, a lot of mom and pops are going out of business. A lot of companies are struggling, and it's very sad. Sex I mean, sells. and my whole family's in on it now. You know, my I've got a son who's uh, twenty three. I've got a sister who's twenty four, only nine months older than his nephew or her nephew. Um, and my mom's in on it. She runs my Vegas location. Really? Yeah she uh, she got into it about uh, two years ago with me. And now, now, who's crazier, Vegas or San Francisco? Uh, Frisco. Vegas is actually about you know they call it Sin City. It's about fifteen years behind the times of San Francisco from okay. the bondage community, um, the swingers. Everybody's pretty low grade. They're still very afraid of uh, you know public notoriety when it comes to their sexuality, and they're afraid actually of the cops very much so. It was interesting. I met uh, a high-level executive at Oracle at one point in time, and his girlfriend was the number two S&M dominatrix in, in the Bay Area. And I'm like, how do you get voted number two and not number one? Like, did she not tweak hard enough? Yeah, she one not time nasty or enough? Yeah. Uh, so. I'm sure there's probably there's probably a, either Lovings or Eros.com, one of those two sites, maybe persons who have used her services. This is a world outside of mine. Uh, so. it's, it's out there, and people who really know what they're doing, they seek it out, and they find it, and they're very successful in their search. Let me go to break. I'm going to keep you around for another segment. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. If you have a question, I don't know if people are going to have questions for you, Mike, but if you have a question, people can call into Mike Powers, owner of the Power Exchange. How do we find the Power Exchange? Uh, it's on a website, powerexchange.com. It's pretty easy, powerexchange.com. Coming up, I'm going to be talking more sin investing. We're going to talk about smoking. We're going to talk about alcohol. We're going to talk about porn. We're going to talk about ways that you can get into investing in vices. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. 800-345-5639. So this is a band I saw many, 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 many years ago called Berlin. It was one of the very first alternative shows that I ever went to. I've never been to a rave. Never been to a rave, but I used to go to alternative shows. And uh, lead singer from this band, very, very cool. Um, and yeah, she did the horrible song "Take My Breath Away" from Top Gun, and I'm embarrassed about that. But then it was pretty cool. She had she had this beautiful, beautiful black hair, and she's dancing and she's dancing and she's dancing. And then she rips off her beret, and it's totally white blonde on top. And as an 18, 17, 16 year old kid, I was like, whoa. That was something, you know? Do you remember those moments in your life, Mike? Absolutely. That was, that's a fabulous look, too. Speaking with Mike Powers, owner of the Power Exchange. Power Exchange is kind of adult entertainment, fantasy land, slash part Disneyland. That's how we describe it. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit. Do you remember reading Playboy as a kid? You're a man. I'm a man. I saw a lot more vivid stuff than that. I think probably Hustler. <laughs> Swank, Jugs. Yeah. Quite a few more explicit stuff. Yeah, I had a lot of people around me that seemed to not have enough parental control over me. <laughs> well, Playboy keeps printing articles, even though, you know, we're not technically reading them in theory. Playboy is the number one adult entertainment company for its iconic half-century periodical, number one men's magazine, two and a half million subscriptions. But what's interesting to note about it is the company's dying, Mike. Yeah, they're all going. Uh, I was in uh, print 
media for a little while. I owned a magazine called Fetish, and uh, it was about 97, 98, and by 2000, I got out of it because I realized the internet was going to steal it all away. It was pretty much a dead-end street almost. Yeah, it started with JPEGs online, and yeah. then you know, adult stories crossed over. It's and completely evolved videos. now as an industry. I think, yeah. I think uh, Penthouse is completely gone, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're, they don't even do any print media at all. I think Penthouse is still around. Is it? I don't yeah, know. I, don't, I don't know. I, mean, I haven't seen one in so long. Okay. So I haven't heard about it. I think it's something I would have heard about. Uh, well, Gu- Gucci only got out of it, I think. So he's he's done with it as an organization. You it's might sold. be right. Yeah. It's, a, it's interesting to bring up because, again, one of the things that I'm going to be out there, you know, hustling it today is saying that, you know, investing in vice works over time. You know, Philip Morris, Loyard, cigarettes, Carlsberg beer. You can go out and buy them. You can buy Lockheed Martin LMT. You can buy Diageo for beer, uh, for beer and booze and wine, DEO. Um, it's going to be around for a long time. Let's go to a phone call. Nick on 101. Nick, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Nick? Yes, I love the new location on Mason's fabulous place. Upstairs is impeccable. Love the downstairs and the down downstairs. The whole place is a great place. Rob, you definitely need to bring your lady there and go this weekend. More... No, maybe maybe not because you have you have pneumonia and you don't want to give a girl bronchitis. So maybe two weeks for you, Rob. I hear you. Now, have you really been to the location? I can tell you exactly where it's at. It's at the old. It used to be Crash. Now it's uh. It used to be Club Crash. Now you guys took it over, and great move, man. I love it. Thank you very much for that. There's one more in the city, and I think you guys blow the, the other place away. The other place is different, of course, but it's kind of near that place where there's sticky stuff on the floor. You know what I mean? Where the windows go up and down. That, you guys, you guys, you guys got it, man. I love it. Love it. Sounds good. Thanks for the call, Nick. So how do you get over that, the uh, fear of the sticky stuff? Everybody, you know, we were just talking as I came in the lobby because you mentioned in your cold, my uh, girlfriend, she's disease fanatic, you know, and cootie fanatic. It, it's hard to get past. Most people have those preconceived notions that uh, just because that kind of activity goes on, it's almost intimate behavior people, human beings can share maybe next to childbirth and some other type of activity, you know, short of uh, our, our natural I think uh, inhibitions about cooties and all that, you know, and and nobody wants to, who, that's one of the biggest fears in our society is to go get an STD. You know, if you go, oh my God, how do you face, how do you face your friends with that? How do you face your family with that? But uh, you just, eventually you just kind of get past it. And I think what happens, it's like, it's it's like anything else. It's an evolutionary process. You get to the point where you go and uh, you get, I guess it's a five step or 12 step or there's some kind of program there. (laughs) You know, you, you just get to where you evolve past it, and once you get past it, then I think that's where you break all your barriers down and you start to explore even more. It's interesting, because I used to do a national radio show, and in Washington, D.C., the strip clubs just aren't that good. Yeah. But when I started doing a national radio show, I, you know, I travel with a lot of guys, and it's a guy thing. It's not really my thing. I don't get turned on at strip clubs. Yeah. Um, to me, there's that fantasy doesn't sell when you're you know, exchanging dollars, yeah. so to speak. I don't mind the fantasy with the lady. I, I love Halloween. I love the sexiness of the girlfriend dressing up as as a roller girl. I love that. Um, and Halloween's my favorite. You know, and that's what I think I, I might like about your place. I haven't gone. I haven't gone. I got to, you know, throw that out there for my conservative audience. But it's kind of like a Halloween experience. I think what you experience is after about four, six, eight weeks of Halloween having put, been put behind us, our place kind of carries on in that nature. I kind of pride myself on looking a little Halloweeny all the time. And doing what I want uh, with my life and, and my appearance. I've got a car. It looks a little like a cop car. I call it my squad car. It's a black car, like wh- white doors. Yeah. It says America's naughtiest instead of America's finest. Yeah. 
So uh, I get pulled over a lot, but I beat the ticket because uh, it doesn't resemble a cop car enough to give me a ticket for. So, but it's, I think the thing, the idea is that I think if we all let that Halloween spirit a little bit more into our life, all that repression, all that, ang- I don't want to say anger because it's, it's friend stuff. It's not really, you know, that's, there's really not, it's not really about anger, but it's bottled up tension and stress that everybody waits a year to express themselves, you know, yeah. and I had the I had the I had the hardest time back in eighty six, eighty seven when I started exploring myself. I couldn't get friends to go to the the, the you know the exotic erotic or the Halloween parties that were a little more crazy, and I went I went alone and basically I found pretty good peace and you know I, I found a good time there. It actually opened up a lot of doors for me to be able to just say I'm going to break these barriers down. And I'm going to go do what I want to go do and live my life as I want. Now, one of the biggest investments this year is a sin investment, Mike. And uh, during the commercial break, you and I were talking. Mike's the owner of the Power Exchange. Um, you can find it at powerexchange.com. Powerexchange.com is probably the easiest way for most people in the, the city to figure out where that is. But you were talking about being a gun owner. And one of the big investments in the last year, Smith & Wesson, it's gone from $2 a share to $4.40 a share. And we're in a recession and people are freaked out. Yet people want to own guns. People, sex, we got to have it. Guns, we got to have it. Um, what's your comments on guns? Because I know you're a, a part native of, of Nevada. You, you have dual, not dual citizenship. Residency. Uh, dual residency. Thanks. That's correct. Uh, well, I actually, in Nevada, they have an entirely different program. You can walk into a gun store, and if you pass a background check, you're issued a card that allows you to go back and buy any gun you want on a moment's notice yeah. as long as you, you pass the same instantaneous check. So once you have that card, you can buy any gun that you would like, whether it's an assault rifle or a high-capacity high magazine, uh, pistol, whatever you want to buy. You're not restricted. And the idea is that it works and it's effective. California, I think, obviously, I don't think California could institute the same kind of program simply because its social institutions don't measure up. People are not as happy. People don't have the care and concern that they should have in terms of uh, the social programs they need to be taken care of. Uh, the the bureaucracy in California. I mean, Nevada's still a, an old, you know, it's an old West state, I and mean, it's it's got its old West kind of nature to it. Yeah. What's interesting to note? I mean, you're a, you're a conundrum. You're, you're tough to figure out because on one side you're very liberal and very social with very your sexuality, so. and on the other end you got the, your gun angle on you. And again, <laughs> it just it really shows you that sometimes invest in what you know. You yeah, know, well, sex and guns. Duality, yes. Uh, sex, guns. And I'm actually the most peculiar thing for me, the the thing that makes me the, uh, I, I guess, the biggest riddle to San Franciscans is I drink Coors Light. And that, <laughs> oh, that's awful. I know. Well, amongst, you know, that's almost as bad as Bud, but Bud tops the list. I'll agree with you on that one. But yeah. the, the bottom line is this, is that in San Francisco, Coors Light is a no-no beer. You know, it's actually very unapproved. Oh, you, yeah, I guess because you got that the, the little... gay community, that's right. You got the little Nazi thing on the background. That, that's right. And uh, the the whole Coors family took that hit back in the, the milk days. Believe it or not, that's the duality. It's like, I drink Coors Light, and yet, even though Harvey Milk had it banned, I'm actually an honorary chancellor in the Harvey Milk Institute. <laughs> you are. You are tough to figure out. Man. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an enigma, man. Let me I tell did not you. know Coors Light was frowned upon in the Bay Area. If like, you go to I'm, most I'm eight gay years bars. a veteran here, and I didn't know that. Yeah, if you go to most gay bars, uh, they don't have it at all. And they'll go, with, they'll go with Miller Light, they'll go with Bud Light, but yeah. there's, Coors Light is not on tap and usually not even barely available in a bottle. Okay, well, I got to still wrap up and kick you out of here. We're talking with Mike Powers, and hopefully you'll come back again, owner of the Power Exchange. Um, you can find it at powerexchange.com, Adult Disneyland. Any last second plug that you want to give yourself? No, just come out and see us at Halloween if you get a chance. Uh, we're going to have a great big party over there Friday, Saturday night. 
that's going to be crazy. It should be a good time. So, and it's going to be funny because he'll probably spray himself down for conservative cooties <laughs> right after he gets out of the station because uh, he's on the liberal side. But again, he's got that conservative side too. It's an interesting uh, walk that he lines, uh, line that he walks, so to speak. Coming up, I'm going to talk more vice investing. 800 345 5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 345 5639. It's Rob Black's show. I'm Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. Putting more stimulation into more stimulating talk. Investing in sin. Why don't we get drunk and screw? One of the most famous lines of all time. I've never used it. I was one of those people who, my line was that I didn't have a line. And it seemed to work well for me in my younger days. Your appeal to the opposite sex, it triples as a non-smoker. Just so you know. If you're a smoker, pretend you don't smoke at least for a night. If that's what you're trying to get out of life. Your appeal to the opposite sex triples as a non-smoker. Other fun facts to know. For every day that you quit, your immune system improves. Congratulations. My dad died of smoking, just to let you know. And I can flat out say I'll invest in cigarettes. My dad died from cancer, lung cancer that spread through his head, through his hips. It was horrible. It was horrific watching a man go through chemotherapy and cancer treatments. It's horrible. I actually had to hold my dad's hand. I actually saw a tube going inside of his penis. It was horrific. If you've never watched a man die from cancer, it's awful. At one point in time, my dad pulled his hair out in front of me just to show me. And he's a stoic, stoic hero of a man. Just to show me how frustrating it truly gets in life. So I'll talk about smoking. Because my goal on the show is to get you to retirement. Quitting smoking can be one of the biggest factors in improving sexual functioning. Whoa! Didn't know that. Even smokers view non-smokers more positively than they do smokers. As a non-smoker, others might perceive you as being wiser than a smoker. Going to be perceived as wise. It's funny. Do you remember Walter Cronkite? If you've watched the old 1960s, 1970s newscasts, the mother effer would pull out a cigarette in the middle of the news and light it up and read the, the, the prompter. I love that. I do a television show every day for Channel 4 Cron from 4 to 430, except for today. Why? Because the Bay Bridge is broken. But I would love to pull out a cigarette. I think that'd be the coolest thing on the planet, even though I don't smoke cigarettes. I smoke cigars uh, once a month, not often. It's a dirty habit, and I know that. As a non-smoking female, men perceive you as more likable than when you used to smoke. Interesting. Other smoking statistics, non-smokers are seen as more mature than smokers. Non-smokers find other non-smokers more attractive than smokers. That's true. Quitting smoking could be a protective factor for erectile dysfunction. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Erectile dysfunction. I've said it twice now. One more time. Erectile dysfunction. Thank you very much. So we're talking about investing in sin. And again, I want to get this point across. Outperforming the stock market, for some people, is what it's all about. It's hard to invest. It's hard to be a winner. You know, investing is cracked up. It's tough, and it's all that it's cracked up to be. So investors, though, if you invest in sin over a period of time, you gain two and a half percentage points more per year. If you invest in names like Harris Entertainment, you know how when you go to Vegas, you're up 400, you're up 600, you're up 800. Woo, pit boss, caught me a room, mother. And he goes, you're a small roller. And ultimately, you get drunk and you lose it all. You want to invest in Harris. You do. You want to invest in Diageo, because the, the house always wins. Diageo, they make Smirnoff. You think Smirnoff is going to go away anytime soon? Uh-uh. 
Now, you can invest in other companies, but it's easy to know SIN. It's easy to know it. The study defined in stocks, they called SIN stocks, those companies that involved alcohol, tobacco, and gaming. Between 1926 and 2006, you average 2.5% better returns per year. One reason that SIN stocks outperform, it's because some shun them outright, and some people go, nope. Because of social norm, some investors find it unsuitable. I'll take advantage of them. A lot of institutional investors, including pension funds and university endowments, they're prohibited from owning stocks in sectors that are thought to be detrimental. And thus, because they're not over-owned, they become of value. A growing number of individual investors, meanwhile, are likewise shying away from companies involved in oil or in firearms or nuclear energy or coal. I don't want you to invest in your moral conscience. When you die, I want you to give away millions and millions and millions of dollars to your moral conscience. I want you to give it away to an endowment. I want you to give it away to a trust. With a lower demand for these stocks, the prices of shunned companies carry greater risk and lower share prices. This is a case of buying low and selling high because the lower the price goes, the higher the implied expected returns. Sin stocks also come with a greater risk of lawsuits. Now, that's the problem. For everything our government did to the company Altria, and Philip Morris, as the spinoff was, the corporate parent of Marlboro, the Marlboro man. The stock still has beat the S&P 500 for a 40-year period. Even though they lost billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars in lawsuits to government oversight, to government lawsuits, to individual lawsuits, the companies beat the S&P 500 over the last 40 years. I personally want you to overweight some sin. If that's what you feel comfortable with, that's what you feel comfortable with. Let me give you a, a publicly traded company that's sin-based. And I don't want you to go out and invest in this, but I want you to understand what the company's doing. It's a company called Rick's Cabaret. Ticker symbol is Rick, R-I-C-K. Rhymes with Nick, N-I-C-K. Rhymes with Tick, T-I-C-K. Far from Casablanca, Rick's Cabaret. That's right. Rick's Cabaret was in Casablanca. These nightclubs offer topless entertainment as part of the floor show. Now, Rick's Cabaret International operates about 19 adult clubs in Florida and Minnesota and North Carolina, North Carolina and Texas, as well as Vegas. Most of the gentlemen's clubs are under the Rick's Cabaret name, but they've also bought Scores and Club Onyx and XTC. So it's a company that invests in strip clubs. Now, Rick caters to highbrow patrons. Highbrow patrons tend to have more dough to blow. They offer VIP memberships for individuals and corporate clients that can cost hundreds of dollars annually. Now, in addition to its nightclub, Rick operates websites and an auction site for adult entertainment products. Now, here's where I want you to go, whoa. Give me a whoa. Give me a whoa. Revenues in the last three years, $24 million to $32 million. Remember, this is a recession. $32 million to $60 million. Income in the last three years, $1.8 million. million, 7.7 Now, they're building new buildings. They're buying mom and pops. And that's where I get scared of this company. Because even though they do topless entertainment, which is wildly profitable, you buy a beer for, what, 10 bucks? Cover charge, 10 bucks? Fall in love with a girl and you never hear from her again? Actually, I had a business partner, a guy named Rick. Funniest damn story. We're in Houston. He's like, dude, I think she loves me. I think she loves me. This guy fell in love with a stripper in 30 minutes or less. Like I said, I've told you before, strippers don't really excite me all that much, but that's neither here nor there. Now, again, a publicly traded company, it's defined as a human being. 
if your revenues went from 24 to 60 million in the last three years, I'd say you're you're doing pretty good. Let's say you make 20,000 right now. It's gone from 20 to 40. You've done pretty good. Let's say you make 200,000. You've got from 200 to 400. You've done pretty good in the last two, three years, right? Your income, your bottom line, 1.8 to 7.7 million. Congratulations. Now, the thing that scares me a little bit is that they're buying a lot of mom and pops. They're not expanding too fast, but they're expanding. And sometimes, like, let's say I, I run a strip club. Let's say I'm not paying my taxes and you buy me out. Whoa, that's not good. Or let's say my accountant is really super creative and he's depreciated the asset of the building aggressively. And you buy me out and there's more depreciation left on it. Whoa. You get the basic idea. So this is a company, Rick, sticker symbol R-I-C-K, that goes out of their way to um, invest in SIN. One last thing. SIN stocks as a group gained 87% while the stock market tanked 45%. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Bring on some questions. Bring on some of the porn sites you'd like to visit. Give me some ideas. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. We're talking, investing in sin. More stimulating talk, 9, 10 a.m. Fun facts on internet porn from Good Magazine. 12% of all websites are pornographic. 25% of all search requests are pornographic. 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic. Every second, 28 times 258 internet users are viewing pornography. That's a big number. Every second, $89 is spent on internet porn. Every day, 266 new porn sites appear on the internet. Revenue from internet porn in 2006, $2.8 billion. 72% of internet porn Users are men, 28% are women, 70% of internet porn traffic occurs between 9 to 5 during the weekday, workday. Estimated 372 million porn web pages, 3% produced in the UK, 4% in Germany, 89% in the United States. We are number one. USA, USA, USA. Let's go to Ned in Sonoma. Ned? Hi, uh, Rob. I wonder if you could uh, tell me, uh, what do you think about the um, merger of um, Sun Micro with Oracle? Do you think it's still going to happen? or do you I, think... I don't know if it's going to happen. You're asking me to speculate on I what mean, a European I mean, commission. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't put it that way. I, um, um... I don't like Sun Microsystems. I haven't liked Sun Microsystems. If the merger doesn't happen, I think the stock goes to zero. They're now trimming workforce to pay their bills until the merger or acquisition does happen. The EU has said that they're disappointed so far with the um, participation of Oracle in the merger with uh, picking up and acquiring Java. Uh-huh. So that's the best that I can tell you is that a couple of days ago the EU said, quote, disappointed with the Oracle cooperation and Sun merger probe. Uh-huh. Um, but I can tell you that they're suffering cash flow and no one's buying their stuff at this point in time. Not no one, but very few people buying their stuff at this point in time because if we don't know if they're going to be Oracle. We don't know if they're going to be Sun. We don't know. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's really a question mark. Um, do you think? Um, um, I don't know. I, um, uh, Ra, uh, Ra, Ellison. Do you think? Do you think he wanted Sun for mostly the enterprise system, or do you think he wanted it for this uh, Swedish uh, software company, or do you think he wanted both? I think he was trying to compete with IBM and HP, where they've got hardware and software to sell. Um, IBM, in particular, is probably one of his bigger competitive spaces to go into. 
you can give away hardware and discount it heavily in order to get your software system embedded into a company. So it's nice to have that full service option, which is where technology has really been going towards for many, many, many years. Um, but I hate that acquisition. Personally, I hate it. Oh, really? Um, I just don't like hardware with software. So I understand HP and, and IBM's business model. I just think Oracle, they kind of should have stayed in their own little world, like Microsoft has stayed and, and avoid a lot of the hardware headaches. Thanks for the call, Ned. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Now, who wins? Investing in sin or investing in goody-good two-shoes? Now, who's a goody-good two-shoe? Terrorist. Islamic terrorists. You can actually invest in the Islamic market. There's a ticker symbol JVS. And by Sharia law, the index excludes all sorts of sin. It excludes alcohol. It excludes tobacco. It excludes gambling. It excludes weapons. It excludes pornography. These are the things we're fighting terrorists that we can have in our country. Investors are further assured that the stocks held in the index have nothing to do with borrowing or lending or women's fashion, or cosmetics, or modern cinema, or popular music, or pork. Are you kidding me? No doubt. So if you were given the choice of six years ago to between investing in environmentally and socially responsible Sierra Club stock fund, you want to be environmentally and socially responsible, it's SCFSX, or invest in the VICE fund, V-I-C-E-X, which do you think does better? I'll give you a hint. Profits would have been much bigger if your conscience weren't your guide. The Sierra Fund has been negative returns over the last six years, whereas the Vice Fund has delivered positive performance and beating the S&P 500 handedly. No aberration. Merrill Lynch recently examined the performance of alcohol, tobacco, and casino stocks in all recessions since the 1970s and found that the S&P 500 fell 1.5% on average, while SIN stocks rose an average 11% during them. Rather, a lot of people feel an intense need to escape through alcohol, tobacco, and trip their, to the local casino. So... You'd think that we'd cut more, and we have. Now, if you were a citizen of ancient Greece or ancient Rome, magically transmitted to the modern era, you'd be astounded by the current state of agriculture, transportation, housing, medicine, architecture, technology, and different living standards. Humanity itself would offer very few surprises because the sins that they suffered from in Rome are the sins that we suffer from. Greed, gluttony, sloth, pride, anger, envy, lust. 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Yale just did a study. They attribute vice stock outperformance to the lack of attention, pension, and other institutions pay to these stocks in order to maintain an aura of respectability. The other believes that uh, it's because companies and sin industries benefit from high barriers to entry thanks to strict regulation and taxation. Let's go to Dr. Richard in San Rafael. Dr. Richard. I'm a marital therapist, family therapist. I have a concern. I could come from a moral point of view, but I'm not. I'd rather be on your terrain from a business point of view. You're talking about the kind of addictions here that have the effect of potentiating marital disaffection and ultimately divorce. I understand that the portfolio is the family, and so that you've had other discussions about divorce and the cost of it. So I see some concomitant factors that you're not addressing, namely what this does to a family, particularly with there are these clandestine activities, whether it be Internet addiction and or what you're referring to, that have a potentially devastating effect. Dr. Richard, you understand this is a show on investing, right? 
Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a show on investing. I'm not Dr. Phil. I don't pretend to be Dr. Phil. If you want to come in and do a counter show to this, get a radio show or let me invite you in and you could talk about that how would be these. great. I've actually thought of that. So yeah. how do I do that? How do I get to you? Um, you could reach out to Clear Channel Radio and uh, the station itself is 910 a.m. Yeah, Ultimately, you're talking about investing in loss, to my opinion. When ultimately, that's not what I'm talking about, though, and that's why it's well, called the Rob Black said, Show and not the Dr. Richard talking Show. About, if you're talking about statistics, the divorce statistic... I'm not talking about divorce statistics. No, you're talking about business statistics, but you're talking about... I'd rather do a right X uh, reverse on this for what it does to a family. An inverse. And you would lose money, and you would be the dumbest investor of all time because... Except for the fact that there'd still be a family intact. And that's not what you're referring to. That's, that's not what I'm talking... Why did you call this show? Why didn't you call Ron Owens and, and complain that Rob Black's evil and he's talking about things that tear up families? No, you're using that word. I'm talking from a business perspective. Divorce is 50% community property. I know. And the result of these kind of investments when they're experienced by a woman and a man in a family, is devastating. But I appreciate the time. I appreciate your show. I know. And your convictions. So, thanks for the call. I did a show on raves. I did a show on investing in scent. I'm just trying to point out, Dr. Richard, and why people have to take it so seriously. And this is what I hate about society. I hate people like you that don't get that it's a theme show that's meant to do one thing and one thing only. It's meant to like point out like there's different types of investors. If you want to be socially responsible, the year to be socially responsible was 2001, 2002, when we started seeing corporate greed really come out of the, out of the word work. And yeah, I did a show on socially responsible investing. So that's what I do. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with people? Like, why are you all so afraid of what's in the drain? It's just a freaking fracking talk show. There's no boogeyman down here. Let's get Ambassador Fox, San Jose. How are you? How are you? I'm okay, best. I just had to say thank you so much for standing up to Dr. Phil there. You truly are a guest for our host for the people. <laughs> uh, and, and you're right, it's an investment show. <laughs> it is, in theory. And, and, and what, from what he said, you know, that's true. At the end, it might have had a family that was intact. But a broke family might go out and start abusing drugs and alcohol again, and who knows, who knows what else? Yeah, and I'll say this. like Alcohol does a lot of damage on our society, and, and we don't care about that because we overlook it because they pay a lot of taxes. Exactly. And I'm an ambassador, anyhow. Anyway, what what you're ambassador of? Uh, Maker's Mark. You know Maker's that. Maker's Mark. I know, but we got to let other people oh, know that. Right. Maker's Mark bourbon. Drink so, responsibly. Oftentimes, I call it a whiskey. Is that bad of me? Uh, kind of. It's a it's it's a bourbon. Okay, bourbon. So you're gonna have to educate me because read the empty bottle at home. <laughs> read the empty bottle. <laughs> Excellent. Is are the details on the inside where you can't see it normally? I think so. I'm gonna actually. I got pneumonia, and I'm gonna be pretty smoking uh, tonight on codeine. I'm gonna have a Maker's Mark with four friends. I was oh. just gonna say a little bit of honey and a tablespoon of Maker's Mark. A little. Uh, Right before bed, no problem. Now, real quick, Ambassador Fox. Yes. Oh, I, I, I got to come back to it. Thanks for the call. I'm out of time. 800-345-5639. So we're talking to Altria Loriard. We're talking to Anheuser-Busch. We're talking to Diageo, Molson Coors, Wynn Resorts. We'll further this extension in this conversation at another time. You know, you can invest in slot machines. That's what the whole point of the show. IGT is a slot machine. WMS, slot machines. It's Rob Black's show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.